Hi, we're Shannon and Jerry Arner. And our dog, Betty White. Your hosts of the Arner Adventures podcast. Could we have named it something more creative? Probably. But it's the name of our blog. It's our last name. We're on an adventure. Yada, yada, yada. After running our own business, working 24-7. And don't forget a mental breakdown in between. We made a lifestyle change and decided to make the most out of life. We sold our house, most of our belongings, downsized, and moved to the coast. We live life minimally, but fully. We live each day as an adventure. This show will help you learn how to live life more fully, with more intention, by experiencing more, and with less stuff. We'll talk about our own experiences, interview others who have much to share by creating a spark in our lives. Some days we'll share real life ongoings of what we're going through and others will talk about our favorite flavor of waffle. Come join our adventure. It's, it's the, the Arner Adventures, Adventures Podcast. Hey guys, I'm Jerry. And I'm Shannon. And our pup Betty White is here and we're back with episode 7 of the Arner Adventures Podcast. Oh gosh, I think we're going to make it. You know I, what they say. I think I think we're going to make it too. With this being episode seven, they say that if a new podcast series reaches seven episodes, then the show is more likely to keep going. So unless we decide that, you know, before next week that we're going to put the kibosh on this thing, I think we're we're good to go. You know, we got some really good momentum going, and you know what they say about momentum. <laughs> I know what you say about momentum. <laughs> Every day. Something to be said about momentum. Yeah. So I think we got it right now, and uh, we're rolling along pretty good. So yeah, we thanks. feel that the next seven will be just as uh, just as fun, I should say, as the first. Yeah. And, you know, we're uh, this episode is actually going to, if you're listening to it on the drop date, it should be February 1st. So that means we made it through a month of podcasting. Yeah, that's that's pretty neat. I mean, it all it all went pretty quickly, and yeah, I, I think before we know it, we're going to be into a whole year of this thing and think, wow, where did mm-hmm. the time go? Where did the time go? Yeah. Well, thanks to the help of our our guests, and thanks to the help of you guys who are listening. You know, honestly, I think we just did this and and thought, well. We, we, maybe us and our close family and friends will be the only ones listening. <laughs> so we appreciate it. If you're listening to this, thank you so much. So before we get started, we want to begin with a review of the week and to announce that we are sending a Sugar Wish gift pack to Jerome Shaw. Yeah. So Jerome said, and this was the greatest, listened to episode why we sold everything and moved to the coast. Love the intro music. Wow, that's great. Great chemistry and enthusiasm. Very genuine and authentic. Enjoyed this episode that really sets the tone. Learning about how you made this big shift. Coming from hard losses is not easy, and seeing your change in perspective is inspiring. People think I'm crazy for being a minimalist as well, so it completely resonated. Thank you for sharing your story and keeping it lighthearted. Recommended to anyone who enjoys learning life lessons from a kickin' couple. Wow. Wow. <laughs> a kickin' couple. Kickin' couple. Thank you. I, Jerome. Kickin' I mean, is what we aspire to, so thank, thanks, Jerome. <laughs> yeah, we do. That's the first time it was actually articulated to us that we yeah. were a kickin' couple. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's, um, you know, let's let, that just says something for uh, we're reaching some of our uh, first goals to be a kicking couple is one of them. Yeah. So thanks for taking the time to give us that amazing review. That means a lot to us. 
especially for an episode where we really put it all out there. Backstory, which is pretty vulnerable. Yeah. If you'd like to enter to win a gift pack from Sugarwish, then please leave us a review and we will draw a name before next week's podcast. It means a ton to support us in that way. Yeah. And speaking of vulnerability and putting yourself out there, our guest on today's episode really does that. We also want to add that Jerry actually wasn't at the recording of this episode. He had a little adventure of his own. Because of the time difference, mm-hmm. too, where this where the guest is located, hint, hint, she is in Paris. And the recent sort of crazy weather that we've had here on the coast... Uh, Jerry was out of pocket during the recording, so we were definitely not going to reschedule since we were able to get her. Uh, We were so excited. So uh, Jerry and I both prepared for the episode since we are um, admirers of her, and we we prepared and had the questions ready together, and, um, and I was at the recording, so you do not hear Jerry in this episode because he was actually not at the virtual meeting with her. So without further ado, let's get to it. Our guest episodes are all about inviting people who have really lit a spark in us in one way or another, who have inspired us, who have cultivated the life that they desire, whether that be due to overcoming certain circumstances or just going for their dreams, their goals. And this guest really does that. Let's just get right into it and tell you who the guest is today. Our guest is Sutanya Dakers. Sutanya Dakers is the creator and host of the podcast Dinner for One, which has been featured in the New York Times, BBC, The Guardian, Time Out, and more. She's held a number of copywriting positions in New York City and Paris. Having grown up in the Bronx, she currently resides and cooks Dinners for One in the Montmartre, she'll correct me if that's wrong, (laughs) neighborhood of Paris. We discovered her and the Dinner for One podcast at the beginning of the pandemic when we were looking for comfort and she became a staple for us and has ever since, which is why this is such an honor for us to have her on the podcast. Sutanya, thank you so much for being here and for doing us the honor. Thank you so much for inviting me for that lovely introduction. I'm like blushing over here. Did I pronounce the neighborhood correct? Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, you did okay. I can't even pronounce that well. I'm going to sound terrible now when I say it. Um, I mean, I guess the correct kind of like Frenchified pronunciation would be Lamarck. Like there's like a little huh. Yeah. R-E, but you did great. I took uh, French in high school and college, but, you mm-hmm. know, I'm I'm from the South. My French teacher in high school used to completely make fun of me for the way that I would tear up French. So I'm not even going to try to do it. But yeah, that little that little uh, throaty thing I cannot do. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> it, it takes a bit. Of, I mean, it's, yeah, I studied French in high school and college, too, actually. And even when I moved here, my French was just it was terrible. I really took like living in in the in the in the country, being around French speakers, being in the culture that you know got me to where I am today, which is like you know being able to speak a passable French, I guess. With the time difference, especially, mm-hmm. I I appreciate you taking the time. Oh no problem. Um, and of course, you know, with the pandemic and mm-hmm. all of that, Omni Omni Omnicron mm-hmm. Armageddon, all of that. How are, <laughs> <laughs> how, are how are you doing? <laughs> how I is it over there? <laughs> 
you know what it's um you know the government here is pretty um they have pretty i don't want to i guess it's strict the right word but they have pretty um strong i guess measures around the vaccine yeah it's like if you're not vaccinated um you know they they you know you have the choice but if you choose yeah. not to be vaccinated um you can't go to the movies you can't go to theaters you can't go to restaurants you know your life is um you know the pleasure that you can get in life is then um it's only, you know, the supermarket and like the subway and work. <laughs> yeah, it's the only yeah. place you can go essentially. Um, yeah. So because of that, because of that, we still have to wear masks like indoors, you know, but um, restaurants are open, movie theaters are open. I think I read the other day that in the beginning of February, clubs are going to be open again. I'm a bit too old to go clubbing, but the young kids will have, the younger <laughs> kids will have their clubs back. Um, yeah. And I wouldn't say things are back to normal, quote unquote, whatever normal is. But it doesn't feel as scary as it did um, last year. I think because most people, you know, have the three doses, and for the most part, people follow um, instructions. Most people working from home. The government uh-huh. also um, helps a lot in terms of financially, and um, very kind of lenient. If you get COVID and you have to be home for seven or ten days, however long your isolation period is you still get paid you know what I mean so yeah it makes it, um, it makes it easy as a society to not feel like your entire world is imploding because the government is doing their job which is to take care of the citizens that voted them into power right so um it feels it feels like there is a light at the end of the tunnel at some point yeah yeah it's a very long tunnel yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah. Um, we visited, and it's interesting because I, I know that it was about the same time you came mm-hmm. back to the States mm-hmm. over, well, mm-hmm. I guess that was maybe October when we went to New York. I'm trying to think when we went to New York, okay. but anyway, we were in New York and I think it was, I don't know. I, I'm, my, I don't, it's gone now, but I think it was mm-hmm. maybe Octoberish mm-hmm. or June. We went twice. I don't know, June and then okay. in October, but, okay. um, around the time it reopened back up and mm-hmm. I, I, was thinking, oh, okay, like, I think things are going to mm-hmm. be good. Things are going to be good. Mm-hmm. And then uh, it was like a ghost town. And then when we went mm-hmm. back and in October, things were open back up. And I was like, wow, this is mm-hmm. great. Um, and we're vaccinated. So you had mm-hmm. your card and it was fine, but mm-hmm. you really couldn't do anything without your yeah. vaccination card. And yeah. so I was thinking, yeah. Wow, if you, if you don't have your card here, you're not ordering yeah. a slice of pizza. I mean, yeah. even if you yeah. were going up to the counter and ordering a slice of pizza, yeah. you yeah. had to show your card to get it and then yeah. walk away. Yeah. So, yeah. I guess it's pretty similar. Yeah, it's yeah, it's pretty um yeah, I think in that when I was home, I was home in August. Mm-hmm. And when I was there, they hadn't um <clears throat> the you know, you had your vaccination pass, but I think it wasn't one of those things where you know, all kind of like um, public spaces or most public spaces in New York City, you have to show it. Um, mm-hmm. I think at that point it was up to the business owners. But um, yeah. 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 Well, anyway, well, I'm glad you're, I'm glad yes, you're doing, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm doing fine. I, today was the first day where like it was, it was 5 30 p.m. and it was a pitch black outside. So I'm like, oh my God, spring! Oh! <laughs> So and that's in a great mood. <laughs> oh, that's really good. And I was telling you before yeah. we we got on here that we just we have ice outside right now. So you know, yeah. here on the coast we have ice. So, <sighs> okay. What are you going to do? Nice. do? Yeah. I know, I know. Um, well, before we get into this, and I know that yeah. um, some of the listeners who already got a heads up that we were going to be recording with you today, um, I had told them um, about 
the the reason that you are such a comfort to us, of course, needless to say that you uh, sort of the synergy about your life, which we're going to get into and, and mm -hmm. the comfort of food, of course, but, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. and not, I don't want to make you uncomfortable, but your voice mm -hmm. is so mm -hmm. comforting. And when I tell people who, who haven't, um, heard your podcast or aren't familiar and and before before we were having the podcast but I would just tell people oh have you heard about this podcast or did they know you people assume when I tell them oh she must speak in French and I said no it's not she doesn't I mean yeah she throws it in there but it's not that mm -hmm. it's her voice is so there's a calming effect to your voice and I just wondered is that is that something you hear? I mean, is that something that Jerry and I just picked up on, or is that something that you have heard before? Uh, it's yes, people people have told me that. Now I'm going to be like, yes. People have definitely. People do compliment my voice a lot, which you know is okay. very lovely. Thank you so much. I don't hear it. In fact, it really took, um, for a long time, I hated the way I sounded. I thought I sounded, I thought my voice was too deep. I thought I sounded oh. like a man. And oh. that lasted for a very, very, very long time. It wasn't until I want to say, like, I was somewhere in my early 20s, maybe, that I got comfortable with the way I sounded. I always, but yeah, for the longest, I just hated the way I sounded. But it's coming in handy, so Oh wow! Well, it's it's lovely, yeah. and it's it is one of the reasons that we you know started listening and kind of mm -hmm. became you know it, it it is a comfort. It's still a comfort. I, mm -hmm. I mean, but um, yeah, we we just Thank we just you. loved Thank it, you. and I don't want to make you feel uncomfortable. I just wanted to ask if that was some you know, <laughs> no. um, yeah, and, yeah and, no, and, I mean, no, like you're not making. I've said no, but like, no, you're not. Yeah, making yeah. Okay. And uh, think, yeah, people people do people have you know complimenting on my voice, which is very very nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and it's no to to our listeners, obviously, and and you have already heard before this started that why Jerry's not on the show, but um, I was talking to him before this started, and I I'm a very loud person, and mm -hmm. I I <laughs> I said to him before I came on here, I said, I wonder if by the end of the show I'll be sort of more demure and <laughs> <laughs> I will have toned it down. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We shall see. Now I'm like going to be all like, now I feel like the rest of the conversation, I have to like talk to you like this and like, um, or I may, no. I may have down. a, I may have an effect on you or you may ramp it up. Who knows? <laughs> Okay, and this isn't just one of one of those uh, kind of cheesy uh, uh, random podcast questions. I really do. I really am curious because I know it's late there, later, and I am curious because of your podcast. Um, because you probably did have dinner already. What did you eat dinner tonight? I'm just wondering. Do you always cook the way you do on the show for yourself? Yeah, I mean, you know what? I think. Wait, let me. I'm gonna. Okay, so now you're gonna see the real deal. I have my pajama bottoms on. You're not even gonna see it. I, I like told on myself, and you're not even gonna see. Look at me, silly. Okay. Okay. Um, so tonight for dinner, actually. So I went to, I went to spinning. I went to spinning, um, mm -hmm. which I love. I'm like addicted to it. That's um, awesome that you're addicted to spinning. 
spinning. I love spinning. I wish I was addicted it's, to spinning. It's one of those, it's one of those like exercise, I don't know, for me, it's one of those kind of like cardio exercise thingies that, um, and it makes me feel like really strong. Yeah. Also like very like sexy and supple and yeah. there's something about it. It just gets me, yeah. know, gets me going. Um, yeah, you get all sweaty so and at the end you're like, yeah. hell yeah. Right? And you're just like, mm-hmm. I don't know if you can see it. I don't know if you can. A little bit. It's, um, so you, you take a picture, do you take a picture of it like every night? Um, sometimes when I, if it looks good, <laughs> if it's not just like, you know, hard boiled eggs and like sardines. <laughs> um, but tonight I made a, um, like a really quick seafood stew. Um, okay. With like some mussels and little baby oct- little octopus guys. Chickpeas, wow! So you do you you really spinach. do cook fancy? Yeah. I mean, it's not I, to me. I, I, it's, it's not to you. Fan, it's not fancy to you. Well, I, I didn't do anything. I mean, all I honestly, all I did was I chopped up some garlic. That's about all, and I washed the chickpeas. That's about all the prep I did, and I. It, it's really easy. It was like. Um, garlic, tomato paste, uh, it's a couple anchovies. Um, I put a little bit of, uh, I had some leftover, like a quarter of a red onion. So I just chopped that up, put that in there. And then what I do after that? And then I like, you know, got that all together. And then, uh, what did I do after that? And then I just, I threw in, I put some water and I, in France, the stock is like a little cube. Well, I use a little cube. Uh-huh. I put the cube, put the water, put the the the, the stock, the cube of stock, or stock of the cube stock, whatever. Yeah. Um, and then I put in the potatoes. I use one potato because it's just me. Put in the potatoes, let that boil, took it, you know, get it till it got soft. Took it out, you know, kind of like um, I have a hand blender thingy, so I like yeah. all the kind of like little bits and pieces. I blended all that together. Put the potato back in. Put the chickpeas. Put the spinach. Let that all do its thing and then I um added the seafood at the last minute like you know to click it, it only needed like a couple minutes to cook and then but as I was going along I was just like tasting and adjusting a bit of salt and a bit of pepper and I would have to I have to adjust this one a bit more it probably needs a bit more spice now. Um, oh, like, yeah. I feel like all we needed was like the music from your podcast and we'd have a little <laughs> podcast <laughs> I, it's, it's, you know it, it maybe it looks um it looks fancy, but it's, you know, it's really not. And like, you know, like you were saying earlier when you were chatting for me, you know, time is one of the most valuable assets we have. Yeah. For me cooking, using my time to cook for myself and especially like a really nice meal and my friends, I can't think of a better way to spend my time to show myself a kind of care and attention and the same with, you know, the people that I lucky enough to have in my life. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I, I really wasn't expecting that. I thought you were going to say, yeah, I, gra- I grabbed a, I don't know, a, a crepe on the way home or something. I don't know. I didn't know what you were going to tell me, but I didn't, I wasn't expecting that. I really wow. did. I, mean, I really, really love cooking. We really got a little, a little podcast in. That was wonderful. Dinner for one right there. Um, well, speaking of that, and for those mm-hmm. of you who don't know, um, <laughs> Dinner for One was started, and I'll just kind of take it from your tagline from the show um, that it's an audio exploration of what happens when the Paris fairy tale ends and real life begins. And you moved to Paris as a married woman, got a divorce, Correct. and began cooking dinners for one, and you started the podcast. 
Um, but what, what was the cat? I mean, I know some of the story, but for those mm -hmm. who don't, what was the catalyst of actually starting the podcast? Like, you know, most, well, I don't, I don't want to say most people, mm -hmm. I don't know, I don't know mm -hmm. the statistics, but a, a lot of people don't sort of put themselves out there on a podcast. A lot of people mm -hmm. will start a blog or they'll mm -hmm. start with a, a book, a, even mm -hmm. a book. They'll start mm -hmm. that way or they'll write it down because putting themselves mm -hmm. out there on audio or a podcast is really vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And um, what, what made you say, and I really don't know if I know this catalyst, like mm -hmm. what exactly was like, um, okay, I think I'm going to start a podcast. Like what was the catalyst? Why that route? Because I know myself very well, and there are a lot of things that I have a lot of flaws, but the one thing I'm quite proud of is my self-awareness, and I know that I do, not, I do not have the discipline to keep up with a bi-weekly blog where I have to, like, write something every, you know, every week or every two weeks or whatever. I yeah. just do not have the discipline to do that. Um, and also, I um, so that's honestly, like, the main reason. And I was listening to a lot of podcasts at the time, and um, I want, you know, there's so many, so many American women in particular move to Paris, move to France and write about yep. their experiences in a blogger um, or, you know, other kind of more traditional um, medium. And I just, I, I thought it'd be interesting to kind of have people use different senses that they're not used to using when it comes to food, right? Because I don't, you know, I don't really show that many pictures of myself on my Instagram. There are no photos mm -hmm. on the blog because I'm terrible at taking like professional level food photos. And again, like I didn't have the discipline to teach myself and like, you know, whatever. Um, uh -huh. <laughs> but you know, I wanted people to, you know, use their ears when, you know, when I, you know, to experience kind of like the food I was cooking, um, use their imaginations. You know what I mean? Um, not yeah. necessarily just use video, you know, the sense of uh, seeing and tasting and smelling, but using, you know, just kind of listening to me. I thought it'd be yeah. cool. And also because I wanted it to be um, very intimate. I mm -hmm. thought, again, that would be something very different than what most American women that move to Paris when they talk about their lives, even if, you know, they do share a lot. I think it's different when you're hearing the person speak to you. And I mm -hmm. wanted to have this, because it wasn't on cooking, because it wasn't on food, I wanted to give that for people that listen to my show to have this feeling of being with me in my kitchen. Like, you're my girlfriend. Like, I'm like, girl, you have got to come over tonight because yeah. I need to tell you this. And then you're yeah. sitting there and you're having a glass of wine with me and we're, and we're chit-chatting, catching up. And so that's, that's, that's really kind of why I, um, I decided to go the, the, the podcast route was because I really wanted to create um, this uh, intimate moment with the people that were listening to me. And, you know, because what I'm sharing is quite intimate, you know, in person. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I, I wanted to create that, that feeling with the people that decided that they wanted to tune in. Do you, um, I'm just thinking of this now, when you record, mm -hmm. do you ever, mm -hmm. um, later say, and I've heard you, I, Correct me if I'm wrong. I think I've heard you say mm -hmm. before that someone else helps you with the editing. Mm -hmm. So do you mm -hmm. ever sort of send it and go, oh, my God, like, what did I say? Or like, yeah, you ever... well, okay. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> as, as you can tell, I'm, I, I like talk. I like go off sometimes, uh -huh. and especially like when I'm cooking. You know, I like to have my little glass of wine 
And so uh-huh. my glass of wine turned into two or three or four. Uh-huh. <laughs> Towards uh-huh. the end, I'm just like sharing a bit too much. So Lori, the producer of the podcast, yes. Um, she edits it and then she sends it back to me. And there's sometimes I'm like, oh, mm, timestamp <laughs> one, one minute, you know, 35 seconds to one minute, 70, just you know, one minute, 52 seconds. Can you take that out? Um, yeah. Sometimes I, I have to do that. Of course, after self edit. Cause I'm just thinking, I mean, your, your, your whole, I mean, the whole thing seems, um, almost like a, an, uh, an audio journal. And, mm-hmm. and it, I would just, I would imagine on two sides, you're, mm-hmm. um, you're vulnerable. Number one, you've mm-hmm. said that you're not a professional chef, which I, I mean, I'm thinking I would beg to differ, but I mean, <laughs> it sounds like you are. Um, but I'm thinking, wow, if you, if you don't, if you don't think you're a professional chef and you're putting yourself out there that you're cooking all these, I think fancy foods, that's vulnerable. And then you're putting yourself out there with all these topics that, um, you know, I think is pretty vulnerable. Um, I, I don't know. I, 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 I think even like the, the, we're very new at this. And I think even mm-hmm. the first episode when we blogging is very different. And then mm-hmm. when you talk about hardships or things that you've mm-hmm. been through and then it's out there and you're like, Oh my God, like what are people going to say? Or what are they going to think? Or you can't take it back. It's out there. You know, yeah. I don't know. I just wondered, you know, how, and, it, and, how how it feels or I don't know I'm just curious There's, there there are some episodes I wouldn't say I regret it or I'm not happy yeah. that it's been it's been published I wouldn't go that far but um I remember I forgot I think it was season one and I think maybe I just come I had just come back from like New York and one of my best friends Alice had just gotten married and like all my friends were there and it was like such an amazing time and like with my family and like no one argued there was like no blowout argument with like my family <laughs> rare. Um, rare yeah and I was just like and I came back and I you know was you know single then as I am now and just feeling really lonely and I think I cried or something like that on the um, episode and I, I I said to Lori my producer I said we got to get rid of that and she's like no, you have to keep that like yeah it's, it's true and it's real and it's you yeah and um, I'm happy I did, you know, I think, I, I, I think one of the reasons why I'm happy, I kept that and also just, you know, I'm quite happy with how much I share. I don't share everything, right? I, there are a lot of things, like people that, my friends that know me here in, in Paris and in New York, my intimate friends, um, they, they know, they know me. I think what I share on the podcast is obviously a big part of me, but it's not everything. And I'm able to, to make that um, distinction and balance. But it's also, I think, um, I do what I do and how I do it because I feel like we should, you know, as people, especially as women, especially as like women my age, you know, allegedly I'm like in my late thirties now, whatever. Allegedly. Women my age, younger, older. I mean, I think there needs to be, you shouldn't be so scared of yeah. Yeah. having the feelings that we have and, and experiences that we have and sharing them and, there shouldn't, shouldn't be any shame around what we're going through. There shouldn't be any right. shame around the, the confusion of what it is to become a woman and come into your womanhood. And even if that means, you know, excuse my language, but like fucking shit up sometimes or yeah. going through hard things like divorce or, you know, being confused about your career or, yeah, about your relationship or about anything. Um, I just feel like there shouldn't be any um, 
any shame around that or any need to project any kind of perfect life. You know, my life is the, the only thing perfect about my life is like, I'm blessed, you know, by the grace of God, I'm blessed mm-hmm. to live mm-hmm. in this beautiful city and this amazing country. That's the only thing that's perfect about my life and it has nothing to do with me. <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? That's yeah, yeah. But um, I just feel like, not that, you know, every you need to share your deepest darkest secrets with the world I, I surely don't but I think I don't think there's anything wrong with just showing a bit of humanity and um being vulnerable and also like expecting the good good from people like no yeah. one I've been so lucky no one has been mean to me you know about using me the podcast no one has sent like really nasty comments or have written really nasty things and people have just been really warm and supportive and incredible and um yeah I feel like I've just you know been lucky enough to create this amazing community around the podcast um and I think it just yeah it comes from that this place of um humility and and vulnerableness and you know sharing in my way what I think a lot of women um especially like my age and kind of my generation Mm -hmm. are going through right now right I I think um I think that what you, and I guess it sort of goes into a question that you, because of, because you put yourself out there mm-hmm. and I wonder if this is intentional, do you, do you feel like you, it, it feel, I know that it, I, I don't even want to say it feels like it is because I think you are very authentic. Mm-hmm. Do you cultivate it sort of around self-love? Because I feel like you um, are almost as the show goes on and even as the seasons have gone on that you have become more confident. And mm-hmm. I feel like um, it almost as, as a listener, when we're done listening to it, at least me and I can speak for Jer too, mm-hmm. even he as a man, I think we talked mm-hmm. about it before like, as mm-hmm. we were kind of cult, you know, creating mm-hmm. the questions around this, mm-hmm. this podcast mm-hmm. that we, we both walk away and we go, wow, like you, you feel uplifted you feel like you're sort of almost helping us and I just wonder if you feel like um even though it is sort of an audio journal do you feel like Mm -hmm. you are pushing self-love a message out to people do you feel like that I a little bit and I, I I try not to um you know pretend that I'm any I'm some kind of like guru or yeah, like I know, yeah. I know anything you know and I even like, like a self-help like, podcast yeah, I don't people, think that you're doing that yeah, yeah. And when, pe- when people like ask me for advice even I'm just like I don't know yeah like, especially when it comes to relationship advice I'm like I'm divorced I'm the last person you should be talking to <laughs> about a relationship you know what I mean yeah um, um but I don't I, it's not something that's intentional I think just as I, I've gotten older, you know, when I started the podcast, I was, oh, Lord, how old was I? I must have been like, shit, I don't know. I don't even know. Maybe <laughs> I was 33, 34, I think. Yeah. Maybe. And now I'm 37. So I think yeah. I've just grown up as well. I've matured. Um, I've, I've, I've learned to accept myself. Right. And, uh, you know, my, my flaws and all. And I think because I'm just like, you know, I haven't allowed, you know, the things, the flaws of things that make me human to affect my confidence. I guess you guys are feeling that. And if, you know, you and other listeners, you know, then also learn to, you know, feel like you guys can also then accept the things about you that are not that great and still show yourself that love and care and affection. And that's awesome. Right. It's definitely right. not something that I'm intentionally like, 
if you want to do this, do th if you want to feel like this, do this. It's more like, this is what I do. I make myself my like fish stew, seafood stew after spinning. Yeah. And it makes me feel good. And then I watch <laughs> some kind of like, my new thing on Netflix now is our Italian rom-com. Oh, like okay. I watch like an Italian rom-com before I go to bed and that's it. And I feel good instead of doing what I used to do, which was go out and drink too much and get right. myself into bad situations and, ha and yeah. in a really unhealthy place in my life. Right. So maybe it's just sort of self-reflection. Like we're just, yeah. you know, what we're seeing and we just sort of reflect it on, the, on ourselves. So. Huh. So. Um, well, so speaking of that, so of course mm -hmm. what I was thinking, you know, one of the things that we love about your show is that you shine a, a light on a, a real life. And that mm -hmm. I think that for most of us, and I'm, I'm going to speak as an American, I think yeah. Americans, especially yeah. an I, American, American too. I know, I know, I would definitely, I would definitely categorize myself as a former Francophile. Um, I wouldn't anymore because I, I don't, I don't even know the language anymore. I, I wouldn't run away and go anymore, but I definitely yeah. thought, thought that I was going to, you know, leave college and move to France and, you know, know everything and, and be there. But, um, I, I think that we have this romantic view of Paris that life is perfect and nothing bad happens. Now, I've been to France and definitely only as a tourist. And, and you, when you go as a tourist, and it's definitely wonderful to travel abroad. I've never lived abroad. Living abroad and what you do through your podcast, and I'm, I'm going to get to a point in a second. <laughs> what, you, what you do with your podcast is shine a light on real life. And what I love about it is that it's in Paris. And my next mm -hmm. point is um, I read this book. And have you read the book um, The Paris Wife? It's about um, no, but it's on my list of my thirty-five oh. books I want to read this year. It's about uh, Ernest Hemingway's first wife, okay, um, okay. Hadley. And mm -hmm. um, anyway, okay, so I read it a few years ago, and it's it was the uh, I, this sounds really naive, and and mm -hmm. I'm, I'm full. I'm not an idiot. I know that real people mm -hmm. live in France and mm -hmm. they experience terrible things, like every human. But it was the first time I had read. Um, a book and sort of felt mm -hmm. that, oh, yeah, real life marriages, love mm -hmm. falls mm -hmm. apart in Paris. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. um, it's not always this beautiful fairy tale. Mm -hmm. And so when your podcast came into our lives, um, it brought that back around for me. And I thought, oh, my gosh, it's the second time <laughs> that um, – Oh, isn't that interesting? Yeah, it's it's not always the fairy tale, and and then you, your tagline is the it's you know the fairy tale mm -hmm. when when that doesn't exist anymore. Mm -hmm. And I I think mm -hmm. what is great is that not great what happened, but I I just yeah. think that what is great is that you portray that there are real people living everywhere who experience real things, pain, mm -hmm. sadness. Mm -hmm. We all go through something. And mm -hmm. I guess that really wasn't a question, more of a compliment that I, I love that, that you do that. And it oh, just you. shines a light that we all need to say, Hey, there are people everywhere who are going through the same things yeah, that we yeah. go through. Um, totally. It's it's not always this beautiful thing, you know, mm -hmm. um, it it's not I mean, all it's, magical. It is, yeah, it's not. I mean, they're definitely, they're definitely magical moments. And I definitely, I, I, I have, I do 
have these moments from time to time of like walking around, like doing errands or running errands or whatever. And I look up and I yeah. touch myself and I'm like, girl, you Paris. <laughs> what right. are you doing? Like, you're just like, oh, I gotta buy, I gotta buy laundry detergent. <laughs> like, you're in Paris. Like, this is crazy. Um, so that's, that's, that's still great. And I'm happy that I still feel that way when it's been almost nine years I've lived here. Um, but yeah, there's, you know, it, there's a complete different, um, yeah, there's a, there's a world here. There's a society. There's a culture. And the, the only reason, um, I said one of the reasons I think I've been able to survive here, um, so to speak, after I mean, close to nine years, um, <laughs> is because you know I was I did marry into a very French family, so that helped. Um, but also I kind of I didn't have these kind of preconceived notions of what Paris would be like, or what French people necessarily would, would be like. I just accepted them for who they are, which is, you know, great. They're great, but they're also a little kooky. But, yeah. you know, I, yeah. I, accept the, I accept the full package. Um, and I have a great appreciation um, for this country and this culture, which I think is why I'm also, I also allow myself to kind of make fun of it sometimes and also share the things that are not so, so great. And, you know, it's someone... There is an, uh, uh, there's definitely a romantic element of living in Paris. I mean, in my opinion, it is one of, it is the most beautiful city in the world. Nothing uh-huh. ever, could ever top it. That uh-huh. will never change. If by listening to my podcast or, you know, whatever, engaging in my content, someone that wants to move to Paris moves here, you know, with whatever preconceived notions they, they might have, but also with this idea of like, I also just need to accept it for what it is and not think I'm going to change it and like just ride the waves of the ups and downs. Yeah. I'd be happy because then you get the, I don't know, then in my opinion, you're really, you're actually like living here. You're experiencing it. You're not, you're not trying to, to, to make, you know, the reality fit your fantasy. You're just like actually just experiencing and living it. Right. That's, that's, that's the best way to, to um, approach kind of like living here and, and, and living amongst, French people and integrating and um, all that stuff. We've told you about one of our favorite partners, Sugarwish, but let us tell you about what they now have as a gift option. Vino! Vinebox by Sugarwish is the perfect gift for a wine lover or someone who wants to get into wines to dabble a bit. If you're looking for corporate gifts, oh, or even for Valentine's, check out Vinebox by Sugarwish. They are handpicked by the glass packaging. The by the glass format allows you to try regions and grapes that you've never heard of or were hesitant to buy an entire bottle of. Think of it as a tasting room for small wineries all over the globe, delivered straight to your door. We received a vine box and were able to choose three wines to taste from France. We received a little booklet about them, and now I have opened up my palate to new varieties. How fancy! These wines aren't available at your local store. This is the stuff that you stumble across on a back road trip through Tuscany. The gems that local restaurants save for a special occasion. Oh, it's so easy. You just go to the website, sugarwish.com, choose Vinebox, choose the size of the gift, enter a personalized message and note tailored to the person you're sending it to, and it arrives to that person in their email or text. They choose the wine, and then it's delivered straight to their door. 
Use code Betty White. That's all caps, one word, Betty White, to save $7 off your gift. We also have the link in the show notes. Vinebox by Sugarwish. Happiness guaranteed. Now back to the show. The topics of the show definitely go beyond the the marriage and the all of that stuff. So I'm wondering, we talked about it sort of being the audible journal, sort of like, okay, I'm going to talk about this today. And I think this food would pair well with it. Or how do you decide that? That's exactly it. Okay. I'm okay. Like, okay. I want to talk about this. What can I like? Okay. This is on my mind. This is what I'm going to talk about. What? Yeah. What's going to, what's going to yeah. Yeah, go well with that topic. That's okay. Much, yeah. You hit the nail on the head. One of the, um, our favorites was the, um, I know it was about being home or you weren't homesick, but you were talking about homesick mm-hmm. and, um, it was the fried, oh, the, the fried, fried plantains and oh, the fried yeah. plantains. Cause I love yeah. fried plantains. Um, <laughs> yeah. and so I was like, this is perfect. Did she plan it like this? Because that's like the perfect thing. And yeah. so I'm always like, did she plan it? You know, no, I do. you know, I do. okay. I do. I always, I always do. Sorry. I wish I, 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 you know, I, I'm, I just not like, you know, Julia and Julia. We're like, you know, Meryl, like Julia, Meryl yes. playing Julia. Yes. Like, and like go to the market and like, no, I, I definitely. I love that movie. <laughs> Me too. Also, and, and <laughs> I did write this down because Jerry was like, make sure you tell her how much we love the fearless tart. <laughs> oh, yeah. The eggplant. And, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's good. We love that. It's, it's good. so good. We, we, good. we have it written down in our little recipe. Um, we have like a recipe box and we yeah. have it written down. And we, we, that's a constant for us. Like we make that a lot. You know, and we're not, we're not cooks like, <laughs> at all. I didn't, I didn't even, the crazy thing is like, you know, when, Thank you again so much for the compliments on like what I cook and stuff. But when I, I never made a tart before, before I moved to Paris, before I moved to Paris, like I never really cooked that much. I think the first time I cooked for my friends back in the States, I like, I made maybe, and this is, this is before grad school. I was an undergrad at this point. I think I tried to make chicken and it was definitely wasn't cooked. The room was like pink on the inside, and it was like, Tony, we can't eat this. <laughs> you're, trying to, you're gonna poison us. I was really bad, and even when I moved here, like, I didn't, you know, my ex husband did a lot of the cooking. Uh, yeah, I didn't really cook that much, so I'm happy you guys like the tart because I literally never made tarts before, and now, yeah, regular rotation. Shimmy. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, <laughs> well, we do a lot of the um you know, the pre we, we don't do, we don't do a lot of the stuff by hand. I mean, you know, if we can buy a pre pre what do you, the you know the, the pre yeah the pastry the pa- yeah 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 I do that too I'm not I'm I, yeah making, yeah I'm just saying I'm making my own pastry pastry so I'll get out of here no way yeah. <laughs> I mean no 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 and I have to say when you talked about the um the sensory stuff my favorite uh I don't even know why this is and my mouth is watering now thinking about it um when you um, and I don't know if it's on the intro or if it's sort of one of the the transitional music pieces or parts of your podcast. Mm-hmm. But when you have the um, sound of the wine pouring. Oh, yeah. Boop, that's boop, the boop. Oh. Mm-hmm. I don't even know why I love that so much. <laughs> I just love it so much. Yeah, it's so perfect. Yeah, it makes me feel like I'm right there. Like, you know, that's what I like to hear. So, um, Montmartre. Montmartre, Montmartre. Montmartre, Montmartre neighborhood of Paris. Um, 
I wanted to, to tell you this story because I thought this was really funny. Uh, mm -hmm. Jerry and I had um, booked. Um, we it, this is going to be this great trip. We mm -hmm. had you know saved and um, we were going to be there for almost three weeks. Oh, lovely! So oh, it's going to be so great, right? So. I think 2019, 2020 or 2020, 2021. I can't remember mm -hmm. now, but mm -hmm. anyway, we had this trip booked somewhere in COVID. Um, mm -hmm. And now I'm thinking maybe it was 20 into 2021. Mm -hmm. But anyway, um, we were like, what's going to happen? Are we going? Mm -hmm. Are we not going? Mm -hmm. Now I think it's 2020 into 2021. Mm -hmm. yeah. But we, we didn't know what was going to happen. But anyway, mm -hmm. we had a little tiny, um, a apartment Airbnb mm -hmm. booked in mm -hmm. that neighborhood because I never knew how to say it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, um, and it was like this tiny little apartment mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. we were so excited and we were like, Oh God, please let us go. Please. This is going to be gone. This is going to be mm -hmm. gone. It's going to go away. And the guy who ran the air, <laughs> you know, Americans couldn't go to France at that time. Mm -hmm. And, and, it was never lifted and we were just had not canceled. We had not yeah. canceled this Airbnb. And the guy who ran the Airbnb emailed and the translation, he, he meant well, yeah. but he messaged oh, and he said, um, because, <laughs> because Americans are not allowed here and we don't want you here. <laughs> <laughs> Can you please go ahead and cancel? And I, <laughs> I said, hmm, I, surely he doesn't mean that. So I, I messaged back and I said, did you? So, um, yeah. So I, yeah, I was just waiting to see if, <laughs> if, if I was going to be allowed there. Mm -hmm. And then, and then we went back and forth. And then he said, I, he finally, I think, caught it. And yeah. then he was like, by the way, I, I didn't, I didn't mean we don't want you here. I, I, I meant we don't want the reservation still here <laughs> and you not here. We, we would want you here another time, but because but Americans aren't allowed here, could yeah. you go ahead and cancel? He's like, can I, can I please have these three weeks so I can book them? I know, right? <laughs> anyway. So when I saw that you lived in that neighborhood, I was like, oh, my God, that's so funny because we were going to be there. Anyway, I digress. I love this neighborhood so much. Like, knock on wood. I hope I'm every, I say it so much that I hope I'm not jinxing it, that I'm actually like, speaking it into the universe. I hope I never have to leave this neighborhood. I love it so much. It is so there's so much character here. It's yeah. A bit, like, tucked, it's like a bit tucked away from the rest of Paris, um, especially where I live. In Montmartre, there aren't a lot of tourists around here. Yeah, it's still it's still really easy to get to the center. I love how diverse it is racially and also socioeconomically. Um, I do a lot. If you you know follow me on Instagram and see my yeah. stories and stuff, and I like take little snaps of the neighborhood. It's really villagey, and you get to know people. And I know my wine guy, and I know the guy at the green grocer, and I know my cheese lady, and like it's really I don't know. Like people watch out for each other here, and they they look out for each other. It's really nice. So you say I've heard you say before that you don't believe in absolutes so are you yeah. are your general thoughts that you would stay I mean if that's in, in my life plan then yeah I could definitely see myself staying here you know as my parents age um yeah I'd probably spend more time in the states yeah um but for now 
I see my life here in France. Um, yeah. In Paris uh, specifically. Um, and I, I hope it stays that way. We'll see. You, know, you never know, right? Like, who knows yeah. where life is going to take me? Um, yeah. But I, for now, I see myself mm-hmm. here. Okay. At, at right well, now, at this time. But you never know. Like, tomorrow, I'll be like, I'd probably, I'd probably be like, hey, fucking country. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get back to New York now. <laughs> well, let's talk about your book. Okay. So, yeah. Because you're now an author, which is super. In a couple ex- months. In a couple months, yeah. Yeah, which is exciting. Wow. We pre-ordered your book, and I cannot oh, wait. Thank you. thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm thank so you. excited. Yeah. Account. So it's called Dinner for One, How Cooking mm-hmm. in Paris Saved Me. Mm-hmm. We are going to link right. it down in the show notes so that everyone mm-hmm. can go and pre-order it. Please do, please so, do, please do. Yeah. <laughs> So how did that come about? Is that something you wanted to do all along or did that opportunity just present itself? Um, I've always been a, I've always been a writer. I've always Mm -hmm. been someone that has written like personally and also for my um, like professional work, you know, copywriting career. Um, So when I signed up with my agent and all that stuff, um, it was cool to be like, Oh, I have an agent. The parents yeah. was like, oh, the proposal. And I was like, oh, come on, really? <laughs> I didn't have to do this. Right. Um, it was, uh, it's not something that I, I don't know. It's not something that I ever thought was, if I'm going to be honest, it wasn't something that I ever thought was, was possible. I don't know. For me, at least, as someone who's always been uh, especially more of a reader, to be honest, than, than, than a writer, um, mm-hmm. like always loved reading, always, always loved reading reading my first love I, I I I hold up there's so many writers that I hold up with such great esteem and I think they're amazing and what they've done for me in my life I couldn't even like dare imagine um putting words you know to paper um on paper to paper whatever that phrasing is in the same yeah. way that, that that they um they were able to so it's not right. something that I ever thought I could ever do beyond it. Like, you know, how are we going to brand this toothpaste? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my yeah. Own kind of my own kind of writing short stories and things like that, that I would do for myself and never really share with anyone. Um, I never thought that it would happen, but you know, I guess, you know, the universe had other plans and I met my agent at the right time. And I signed with her right before COVID hit. Either it was right before the, um, not COVID, but like, the, the lockdown I can't remember right before the lockdown I signed with her I, or a couple a couple days time. into it yeah but it was a perfect time because I was home and I was by myself you know like in my apartment here um and I was it was able to occupy my time and my mind and you know only God knows what would have happened you know to me mentally if I didn't have it mm-hmm. so it came about at the um at the right time um but it's not something that to be honest it's, it's, it's not something that I ever envisioned to come out of the podcast I'm still shocked when people you know like you Shannon like when you email me like oh my god I love your podcast I'm like wait I don't think I'm like I don't think I know this person personally so how did you find me like what is going on here I'm still so shocked when people that I don't know you know in my personal life or friends of friends um, find the show and, and appreciate it so um this was not a part of the plan at all as a podcast, um, but I'm really happy that it happened and I'm happy to see what's going to happen next. 
Yeah. I'm excited to see what's going to happen next year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, your last, um, and I think it's the, the most recent um, mm -hmm. episode where you read mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. a part of it. Oh. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, that one oh. was, uh, it was rough. It was after, so I recorded it, edited it. I want to say within the same day. That was the first time I also edited an episode on my own. Like my producer oh. was available. And so I just, I needed to do it. I wanted to get it done. I wanted to get it out. So it was like a very intense, you know, moment. Yeah. Um, no, it felt, I, it felt intense. Yeah. As I mentioned in, um, in the intro of that episode, I'd only read it aloud to like myself and like a handful of friends, not even a handful, like three friends, yeah. three or four friends. I had other friends kind of like read it, just, you know, double check and make sure it makes sense. But I never read it to like a larger audience. And, you know, you listen to it, so you, it, it gets mm -hmm. pretty deep and, and personal. And for, for like three or four days after, I had the biggest knot in my stomach. Oh. I felt so exposed. I felt so naked. Oh. It was like the strangest, I don't know, it was like the strangest feeling. Um, I'm over it now. But yeah. I, I, I didn't feel that way and then regretted it. It was just kind of like, whoa, yeah. Like, this is some next-level sharing. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Oh. But, um, but it's okay. It's okay. It's, it's, it's good practice because the book, you know, the book gets pretty, uh, pretty. Well, deep. and I think it, I think it just puts out there how, how mm -hmm. cooking in Paris saved you, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. I think Very you good. have to mm -hmm. lay down the ground. I think yeah. it, I think it, it really, I think it really, uh. I think it was needed. I mean, I, I think because I think it to me, it told me, yeah. oh, like it, it sort of just made me realize, oh, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's dinner for one thing. It didn't just come about because she wanted to just like cook fancy food and put it on. Instagram. Right. Right. <laughs> it, it, it was just really like, yeah. I mean, I, there's no other word than just, oh, I'm I'm excited about it. And I'm so excited for you. Yeah. I mean, you know, I don't, you know. I, I, I'm at the point now, it's been, I've been working on it for two years now. It's still like, you know, right now we're in, I'm very much in the last bit of like last proofreading, all that stuff. It's been two years of me working on this intensely. I even went away to the South of France for a couple months on my own to write the first draft. And now I'm just really excited to like get it out there. And people, yeah. that, my friends, my friends that know me, just kind of, they're going to learn so much about me. Um, yeah. My friends here that didn't know me back when I was in the States or even my friends in the States, like they don't know that much about what's going on here. You know, because when, when you catch up, when you live abroad and you try to catch up with your friends, you're not going to spend an hour talking about yourself and like what you're doing. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Like, they probably miss a lot of stuff. And also, you know, people like you that discover the show and, and appreciate it, appreciate my story, like what you guys think as well. I'm just really, I'm really excited to get it yeah. out. What I regret saying that because people are going to be like, this book is crap. I just no. No, no, they won't. They won't say that. Well, I'm excited about the audience questions, which is next. Um, and these are uh, we sent an email to the folks who are on um, our email list to get a heads up of who we're recording. And, and so these are some of the questions that we got back. And some of these you've addressed on the show, but some you haven't. So I'm excited <laughs> to, to go through them. So. The first one is, mm -hmm. uh, what do you think of Emily in Paris? Emily in Paris, of course, being the Netflix series. Mm -hmm. um, this person said it seems really unreal. Really? 
I mean, okay, here's the thing. <laughs> Emily, 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 the bane of my existence. Um, I know. There, you know, the thing, the thing that, anno- you know, the thing that annoys me about Emily in Paris the most is that there was an opportunity to tell a more realistic story. That's uh-huh. it. You know, I'm just, I'm, and maybe I feel like this way because I'm, I'm an American that lives here. I don't know. But I'm just tired of, you know, seeing this trope of the, like, the, the kind of, like, fish out of water American that comes here and just constantly makes social blunders, doesn't really learn French. All yeah. these French men are, like, falling out of the sky into her lap. And it's like, oh, <laughs> come on. Come on. Um, and also showing, this, showing a very superficial, um, you know, showing French culture and Parisian people and Parisian culture um, in a very kind of like stereotypical, superficial, shallow way. That's 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 my problem with it. That said, like any other city in the world, any other major city in the world, you have extremely wealthy people that live in Paris, that visit Paris, that live, you know, that whether they're French or foreigners. And I'm pretty yeah. sure you have a lot of women in Paris that are living Emily's life. They're dressed head yeah. to toe Chanel that, you know, only stay, go to certain neighborhoods, only go to certain parties, have certain jobs, if they work. So I think there's, um, Emily, Paris is not my Paris, but I wouldn't say it's completely fake. And right. it's also, it's just not the Paris that I am dying to see on television. Um, right. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's not, the, it's, it's definitely not the Paris that I want to see portrayed um, on television, like from a, American in Paris perspective and, and, and point of view. Right, right. That's and this it. opportunity. Yeah, that's it. I mean Yeah. Right. But I don't yeah. I, 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 I can I can respect the show, especially when it's season one, you know, it kind of um fed into a lot of people's yearning to travel and kind of escapism, which perfect timing for the creators of the show and the writers and actors and all that stuff. But yeah. I don't know. I just felt like it could have been a little bit better. But the next question was, how often do you actually visit the Eiffel Tower? <laughs> never. <laughs> Literally, never. I had a, a, a friend of mine was um, interviewing an author at the American Library a couple, mm-hmm. was maybe a couple months ago now. I can't remember. And so it's it's super close to the Eiffel Tower. And that was the first time I'd been in that neighborhood and there in literally years. It's like if you're from New York City and you go to the you go to Times Square, like what am I? Yeah. Like, what am I? Like what am I doing here? Yeah. Like, there's not. There's not, it's super residential around there. There's nothing for me to do there. Um. Even in the summertime, like if I want to have a picnic with friends, um, you either go to the Seine mm. or you go to Park Monceau, which is like a park in my, in my neck of the woods. You go to Bouchemont. Like you know, I mean, I don't, I, I don't think many people that live here go to the Eiffel Tower because they want to, like voluntarily. It's maybe like, oh, friends. Are so in it's town totally a tourist yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. Friends are in town, or family, or um, I mean, I guess if you live close by, if right. you, you know, you can go for walks in there and stuff. But it's not. In my opinion, I don't know, I could be wrong, but yeah. um, I don't think that a lot of people that actually live here on a daily basis would go and, like, hang out in the summertime. Like, even when my friends right. go to visit, 
in the summer. Like I'm like, if you want to go to Eiffel Tower, knock yourself out. If you want to go to Champs-Élysées, knock, knock yourself out. <laughs> I am not. Meet me back here. I am not going with you. No, 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 no. no. Uh, that so makes to sense. Question, to answer that question, how often do I go? Never. Never. This question um, mm -hmm. is interesting. What does your ex think of your podcast and do you care? Um, <laughs> I love the do you care. Um, lucky enough, I mean, I don't care, but lucky enough, um, he's actually really proud of me and um, he's really proud about the book and excited about it as well. And I think it's because, you know, I've, I've, I've made, I drew a fan and a line in the sand and I made it very clear from the beginning that I'm not going to even as much as mention his name. Mm -hmm. You know, I share small details about him, like the fact that he's Jewish and things like that. But there are a lot of Jewish Frenchmen in Paris, you know, sure. that single him out. Um, but I, I'm I'm very respectful of his privacy and yeah. my privacy and the privacy of our couple and you know what happened in our relationship. And he knows that he can trust me with that. And I'm not, you know, dinner for one is my perspective, um, especially in the book, because I talk more about our relationship. Mm -hmm. And it's like how I lived it in my perspective. You, he could have a completely different perspective. And I'm not about um, trashing him um, in public. That's what I have girlfriends for. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But also, more so than that, um, more so than that, that's not what the story is about, right? The story, my story isn't about my ex-husband. My story is about how I use yep. cooking as a way to help me get over something that was really shitty, to be frank. And, and really hard um it's not about him it's not about him so um I don't care but I'm lucky enough that he's very proud of me and happy for me that's great yeah. okay and then that kind of uh you may have sort of answered this next person's question will you still have the dinner for one podcast when you're cooking for two? Oh, I don't know I mean will I ever cook for two god please Send him. Send him. <laughs> He's gonna knock on the door. <laughs> I mean, if you're, if you're, if you're saying that that dinner for one is sort of, um, you know, this is for you, and and yeah. so if you're, when mm -hmm. it's for two, is it finito? Does does this person have someone in mind? I mean, please. <laughs> <I'm open. laughs> Maybe. If, if I fall in love with whoever she has in mind for me, just for this list, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming it's a her. I don't know, but this. Um, Actually, this that one was out. that one was a her. The Eiffel Tower okay, so, was a male. Yeah, 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 that one was a her. If she has someone in mind, and I end up falling in love with this gentleman, I will record dinner for two. Just for her. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> no, but honestly, <laughs> honestly, no. If it's dinner for one, yeah. If I'm if you know, by miracle and chance and probably <laughs> some kind of like bribing, I end no. up meeting someone. I end up meeting someone. Um, I wouldn't make dinner for two because I, you know, I share, already share so much about myself. I yeah. want to keep that private. Even, I mean, okay, I'm not staying at home every night by myself. I do date, you know, I do go on dates from time to time and I yeah. have met people. And I don't talk about it on the podcast other than sure. in general, kind of like I'm dating yeah. and I've, da I've dated. But uh, yeah, I, I definitely want to keep that um, to myself and for myself. And so yeah, if dinner for two were to ever happen, um, it wouldn't be a part of the podcast. And right, I mean, even even as the podcast continues, I think I'm going to be I'm going to incorporate more interviews and um, less 
of me and my life because it's also another point where like, all right, it's been five seasons. You still in your in your in your kitchen cooking dinner? Like maybe you need to go out there, girl. <laughs> But maybe, you know, get out of my kitchen and stop cooking my fish stew. Oh, God. Well, okay. So speaking of the kitchen, this last question was, how do you record the podcast and cook and still Mm -hmm. sound so smooth? Um, Thank you. Um, A lot of editing, a lot of editing from Lori. And also I have a lapel mic. So she like mics me up. So I have a little Uh, mic on the you know, a little mic pack, whatever. Uh-huh. And so then my hands are free. So I'm just, I'm just, we're just chatting and yeah. editing as well. I mean, God bless Lori and her yeah. patience and her skills and her talent um, because she does a really good job of making me sound like I know what I'm talking about. Yeah, she really does a good job because at first mm-hmm. I was like, is she really cooking? Or is I she am. just like, no. are she cooking and then later doing this? Or how's this mm-hmm. working? But yeah. You guys okay. literally hear me drinking that wine. You hear me taking that first bite. You hear me like being like, oh, this doesn't taste good. Yeah. <laughs> well, then, then I realized, no, you're totally doing it. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Well, that, no, it's really good. Okay. So then our rapid fire questions, which these are uh, the 10 questions that Jerry and I do that we get. Okay. <laughs> this was all Jerry's idea in the beginning because Getting we're ready. big. We love this stuff. And these are, mm-hmm. um, these are tailored for you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, you can, to- some of them are, uh, you're totally going to get, and some of them are like, yeah, uh, an American who knows nothing about France c- came up with this. But, um, okay. <laughs> okay, number one, New York or Paris? Oh, no. No. No, I plead the fifth. Next. We, we. No, no, no. I'm not answering that. Sicily. <laughs> okay. Number two. Number two. And this is my favorite. Passing through Patty or Emily in Paris type? Oh. I get as much as it pains me to say this. I shouldn't, I shouldn't, I shouldn't have signed up for this 10 minute, 10 rapid question <laughs> thing. I should have been like, end of show. Bye bye. For those of um, you who don't know what we're talking about, you go to season three, episode seven. As much as I am not, I really don't even know. Like I was even even like, which one is she going to choose? Because I don't even know which one I would choose. As much as it, it I, I I can't believe I'm going to say this, and it's going to live with me forever for on, on audio. I would have to go with Emily because at least Emily's here. Ah, at least she's here. You know. Ah, passing through Patty, she's like, thanks for the. She's like, guys. Mm-hmm. okay. <laughs> 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 yeah, but Emily, Emily, oh, and- that was one of my yeah. favorite episodes, by the way. <laughs> thank you, thank you. I'm happy you appreciate it. Wh- which do do the French do it better, cheese okay. or chocolate, fromage or chocolat? Fromage for sure. Okay. Fromage. Uh, the the Paris Metro or New York City subway? Paris Metro. There's less like showtime, you know. Like when you're sitting on the, you're sitting on the subway in New York, and it's all of a, it's like eight a.m. and you're like half a seat. You're like showtime, or you're like, oh god, no. Uh, <laughs> okay. Here. Okay. What is better in Paris, mornings okay. or evenings? I mean, they're both incredible. I'm not gonna uh, lie. 
because I would imagine. I, can't, I would imagine. I can't choose because the mornings, it's like it literally smells like croissants. Like I'm not like like baked oh. croissants. Like, I'm, I'm not. Oh. Even, I'm not lying. It smells like that, and it smells like coffee, and you see like the people sitting on terrace, and you see kind of like everything moves a bit slowly. Everyone's waking up, like no one's gonna wash, like no one's like. Oh. It's amazing, and then in the that's evening, what I picture. That's yeah, what I picture. It's correct. And then in the evening when you're walking home, you see everyone outside. Even even now when it's cold out, people are outside on terrasse with a glass of wine, cigarettes, oh. you know, just enjoying life, having a little drink or eating before going home or having dinner. The city is very much a Parisians live in Paris. You, you, like they live they in live the city. It. Like they are a part of the city. Like they they, 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 yeah, like they are in the city. I don't know how I, I'm, I'm not articulating it well, but they're, they're part of the city. I feel like in a way that, I don't know, maybe, maybe also because I didn't Like they live in the now, like they, they, um. Not even that, like I feel like they just take up space in a way that, and again, maybe it's because I didn't really live in New York as an adult that much. Mm. Um, so my adult service has been here in, in, in Paris. But I don't know, just like the whole, for example, the fact that the streets are lined with cafes, right? With terrace uh-huh. outside, cafes, all the cafes have seating outside. So it's like, usually when you go to a restaurant, you go inside and you're cut off from the city, uh-huh. from the noise, from the people. But here, you're part of it, even if you're eating, even if you're drinking. Uh-huh. You see the people that are passing by, you hear the noises, you're, you're, you're constantly in the environment, you're constantly... Um, communicating with the city the city is constantly giving you signals and smells and vibes and noise. right you see what i mean yeah yeah but i feel like and even you know it's not only just cafes it's like even like your local tabal for the place you buy um cigarettes a uh-huh. lot of them are feeding outside so you can like buy your cigarettes grab a beer and like watch people <laughs> walk by and like be a part of the city yeah and some boulangeries too have seating outside like it's yeah very, um yeah, so I think both. I think both. If you can't choose, I think morning okay. and evenings are the best. Sorry. Then you might not be able to answer the next one either because okay. I said wine or cafe au lait. Wine. Wine. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so number seven, American French fries or French pommes frites? Um, I'm going to go with French pommes frites. Okay. The here are pretty good. The frites here, the, they're pretty good. Okay. Uh, confit or frying? Mm-hmm. Ooh, that's a good one. Um, confit. Okay. I didn't even know, by the way, that there was a difference until you kept saying it mm-hmm. in your shows. And I was like, I don't really understand. And then I learned from you what the difference was. Um, see, it's also a learning experience, folks. Number nine, email or handwritten letter? I mean, I would, I love a handwritten letter. Mm-hmm. Um, whenever I get one. Um, I do too. Um, you're the moon. Just, I know. But do I ever do it? Very rarely. I mean, like I know. one thing that I, one thing that I do do once in a while and I do it so rarely that when I, when it happens, you know, when my friends get it in their, a little note for me in their mailbox. They're like, oh my God. But once in a while I do, especially my close girlfriends, I have to write them a little note just being, you know, just being like, you know, like you're doing great or like, you know, I really love this about you as a friend. Um, you know, like you're a great mom, you know, little things like that. But I, I don't do it as often as I want to. But when I do, it's, it's always well received. So I, I would yeah. say 
hand, handwritten letter, but yeah, even if yeah. I do it on Okay, and the number 10, book or audio? Oh, book. Okay. For sure. Okay. <laughs> All right. Sure. No question about it. Yeah. Okay, you're like I am. They're rapid fire, but they're not rapid fire when I answer them. You're the same as I am. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing rapid fire about the <laughs> Okay, and then our last question, which is the most important in our world, is, Tanya, what does a life well lived mean to you? I've been thinking about this. I mean, uh, for me, a life well lived is using the precious time that we all have here on this earth um, in a way that brings you, you know, it's kind of like the most pleasure and joy. And it's done, it's, you know, all those actions are led with, with kindness and care. Um, one of like my favorite rappers, uh, most death, he says this thing where, um, about death, he's like, you know, we're all heading to the same, we're all walking in the same direction. It's just about how you're going to get there and under what circumstances and how quickly, you know? Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's just, yeah, for me, the life well led is one that everything is led with love and care and good intentions. Um, but then also just like using our precious time on this earth wisely and in a way that brings you joy. You know, yeah. So that's I, that's what I try to do at least. You know, and I you do. I hope you I'm do. leading a good life. I hope I'm. Yeah. You do. How great is it in this world that there's technology that we can actually yeah. do this, yeah. but and also technology that um, allowed us to be able to have you in our life. I mean, we wouldn't have even known about you without technology, but you're, you're doing it. And it, whatever situation you had, no, it was not a situation that you would have wanted in your life. But because of it, you have inspired so many people, I mean, including us, and you've touched so many lives. And I think that through that, it brought joy. And you're, you, you continue to and I think um, that definitely is a life well lived. So, um, oh, thank you. Thank so you. no, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. And thank you for being here. And you know, next time you're in New York, whenever all this Armageddon stuff stops, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully we can work way. it out. I am stealing that. And then if, whatever, you know, there, I, I've gotten a couple like notifications from like some group chats, whatever. I'm sure someone's going to bring up pandemic COVID. I'm like, this Armageddon, I'm stealing it. <laughs> because I'm I can't done. pronounce any of the, <laughs> the, the new things I keep hearing about. And then I'm like, oh my God. And it scares me and it gives me anxiety. And I don't want to learn the new Greek alphabet. And I don't, you know, I don't want to know about it. So I'm just like Armageddon. It's just Armageddon. But yes, I hope that it, it works out at some point that either we do finally get to, to Paris and yeah. in that neighborhood and we can yeah. have wine or coffee yes, in the morning or whatever incredible. yeah incredible definitely yeah. Wine. <laughs> yeah wine definitely wine okay so tell our we're going to link up definitely down below but yeah. tell our listeners where um they can find you okay so you can find me on anywhere you to the podcast dinner for one so it's dinner for f-o-r um and one people always ask me like is it for the number no you can find me so spotify itunes you know whatever I also have a, um, a website, dinnerforonepodcast.com. I was much better in the beginning of um, when I started the podcast about the recipes and about like writing little stories and stuff behind um, episodes. 
But, you know, it's time and, you know, la vie. <laughs> I got a little busy, but I'm sure I'm going to have to, especially as the book is coming out, um, I'm going to have to probably get on that. And so that's, so you have, you can uh, Google search, whatever, um, wherever you the podcast, the website, and then there's also Instagram, which I um, am more active on. And it's uh, dinner for then period, like the punctuation um, one. And that's my Instagram, and that's where you can find me. Um, and if you if you would like to pre-order the book, you can um, do that from Amazon.com, or you can go on HarperCollins' website and um, you know click whatever re- retailer you prefer to order it from. The link to that page is in the bio of my Instagram. Uh-huh. And if you happen to be in Paris, in the DCTM, in Montmartre. You might see me. Stop, holler at your girl. Say what's up. Um, if I, you know, if I'm wearing a beanie and I look rough, please don't judge me. <laughs> Instagram is a lie. <laughs> Fancy are a lie. This is how I look most of the time, um, <laughs> which is makeupless and whatever. But um, yeah, so yeah, thank you everyone for kind of like listening to my show, and thank you Shannon for having me on. It's been a lot of fun. No, thank you. Thank you. Merci beaucoup. Yeah, yeah, thank you. <laughs> oh, gosh. Do you not absolutely love Sutanya? Yeah, I do. That was wonderful. I mean, you couldn't be there, of course, but now that you've heard the conversations a few times during editing, you've heard it quite a few times, but you're super jealous, right? <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I'm super jealous, but I you did a great job on your own, and man, I wouldn't change my the time spent in Dubois for. Um, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, but no, that was yeah. I, it's uh, that was a great great episode to listen to. So I and, really enjoyed it. And it was another situation, as we have said with with the other episodes, where you meet someone that you have admired and they were not a disappointment. She was not a disappointment at all. In fact, you all have seen that this episode was quite lengthy. I apologized to her several times and I have since about how long it was because I we just enjoyed the conversation so much and she was so gracious because of the time difference. It was it was getting late there. I just really enjoyed it. And and you know that when you came home that night, I told you it was I really felt like I was just sitting down with a friend. I mean, she was just lovely. Well, yeah, and I can tell by by your voice that you were really comfortable with her and I think vice versa. She was really comfortable with you and and we've really been lucky that everyone's we've had so far has exceeded our our expectations yeah. and uh, Yeah. And so far, so good. Yeah, we're yeah. On a good role. And and uh, for those of you who know me, you know that as I mentioned on the podcast, I'm very loud, and um, <laughs> and it's like I had said, it did happen. And I noticed in the editing that I did my voice did become calmer around her. I noticed that too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So I just need to maybe just play her podcast more and just have everything about me just be more calm. I mean, like we did during 
the pan the early parts of the pandemic when we found her podcast and we were just looking for anything to calm us, you know, we would just play it, but we would listen to them because we were we were sort of binging to catch up when we discovered her. But and hopefully you all discovered that that her voice is just so calming. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I keep going on and on about it, but it is. And one of my first thoughts on the episode was, I'm going to have to recommend to Shannon that she listens to more of <laughs> Sutanian for the for the calming effect. <laughs> and uh, oh. it was it it definitely wasn't a diversion from our usual Americanized yes um, sort of. Uh, sometimes morning zoo type of banter that we've gotten into none of that this time you all it was uh <laughs> no, morning zoo morning zoo no bells whistles no you know yeah just pretty smooth and straightforward yeah euro style okay <laughs> <laughs> so um well you've listened to it what what were your what would you say is sort of your your take biggest takeaways from that conversation from Sutanya? Well, I just like her uh, her her straightforwardness, and she just seems to draw really nicely on on her experiences and a willingness to share them with her audience as a way to grow and uh, and for people to learn from what she's been through, and yeah. and uh, everybody kind of benefits there. The cooking, yeah. boy, you just that's the coolest thing. That's that's what kind of keeps you in there once you're you know you're rolling along and the fearless tarp. Boy, I'm glad we we uh, found out about that. that I had to wonderful. make sure that yeah. I told her how much that you love it. We love yeah. it, but I know that you're a big fan of it. <laughs> yeah. So I made sure I dropped that. Mm-hmm. I think that loved the whole thing, of course. I was trying to think what what was the biggest key takeaway for me. I, I like the little tidbits of things where you know where she says that she's walking around Paris and she still sort of looks up and and says. You know, she pinches herself and says, I live in Paris. And she can still sort of appreciate the magic that is that, even though we talked about how, yes, it's still real world. But she still lives her life and appreciates the beauty around her. And I love that. I loved that also sort of that magic feeling when she answered the rapid fire questions and she could not choose between morning and evening in Paris. I mean, that is a, that is exactly what I would imagine is that you cannot choose, you know? Yeah. She just, I felt like she, she really epitomizes someone who has really taken a situation that could have been, I'm sure it was jarring, but something that could have been really terrible and for many might not have taken it and, and made something so positive out of it. And she made something really positive. And like she said, for her life, uh, the, the answer to the question, a life well lived, she has taken this life and, and brought joy and enjoyed it herself. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I hope you all enjoyed it as much as we did. It was long, longer than our normal episodes. So hopefully you um, you enjoyed the conversation and it flew by like it did for for our conversation with her. Well, if you want a heads up on our guests prior to our recording, you can be a part of our VIP list. We'll put the link in the show notes. That way you get to submit questions that we may ask our guests on the episode. And you can find out about Sutanya, of course, in the show notes. Information on Jennifer One, where to find her, ordering her upcoming book. And all of this information, of course, can be found at arneradventures.com slash podcast. If you love this podcast, please give it a five-star review or rating at lovethepodcast.com slash Adventures. 
You can always find us at arnerventures.com, on Instagram at arnerventures, all linked in the show notes. So until next time, enjoy the journey that you're on. We're wishing you lots of adventures. Bye. Bye.